Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. This is voluntary, as is OTAs, Bull Brock. We appreciate you volunteering your time with us. Johnny Venerable, Bull Brock, PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And while it feels like, you know, a middling day in the middle of the offseason calendar for NFL teams, it is not, Bo. It is the start, officially, of the gannon Ford era when you talk about the conjunction and the combination of veterans and this new crop of rookies. Coming together, right? You're seeing the new crop of free agents come in, meet the rookie class. Outside of BJ Ujulari, still hasn't signed his rookie deal. Oh, BJ. Didn't get any insight on that today. But no, we got to see Jonathan Gannon, Monty Osfort's team, take the grass today in Tempe at the facility for day one of a three-day OTA session. Yeah, look at this. Uh, for our YouTube viewers tuning in live, there's Zayvon Collins working out with the pass rushers. There's Colt McCoy. Got the sleeve on his arm. He was making throws today. He was taking snaps under center from rookie John Gaines, the second out of UCLA, the fourth-round pick. Lots of interesting takeaways today, Johnny. We're going to get into those from the from the OTAs, and then later in the show, we'll have some takeaways from a uh, embattled star receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, and some comments he made on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I don't want to start with, I don't know what to say, the cons or the negatives, right? I want to talk about people who were there today off the top. And first and foremost, Kyler Murray was there, albeit not participating, but the one photo that I did see make its way on social boat was like him side by side with Drew Petzine. And I saw somebody make it like a tongue in cheek comment, like did Kyler grow a couple inches because he's significantly taller than Drew Petzine. Yeah. Drew Petzine, I think he's like my height, which right. is which is good for K1. You know, let's let's get some shorter <laughs> coaches in there. But in all seriousness, great to see K1 out there. And I know a lot of people were kind of belittling the point online, like, well, of course he should be there. He's making all this money. He's rehabbing. What else does he have to do? But he wasn't at this. I remember last year, and albeit he was holding out for a new contract, right. but he's right there with the quarterbacks, with the coaching staff learning this offense. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, so I was kind of concerned. You're out there, and there's a part of the practice field right by the facility where they have some injured or guys coming back from injury doing some sort of rehab, and you're not yeah. allowed to photograph. You're not allowed to shoot video of that, and that's where Kyler Murray started his day out. And I said, well, okay, that kind of stinks. I'm not going to be able to really report unless Jonathan Gannon says anything about him being present at the OTAs. 
And then next thing I know, Kyler's migrating him his way across one practice field and right next to Drew Petzing there where he's standing over his short king offensive coordinator and they're sitting there talking shop as the rest of the quarterbacks are uh, slinging passes around. So it's great. I mean, you know, we've heard, you know, thoughts from Jonathan Gannon about Kyler Murray being in a meeting and the coaching staff betting whether or not he was going to know the answer to a question about scheme and in yeah. a play call uh, to, to this, to where he's just continuing to put himself right smack dab in the middle of, of this Arizona Cardinals team and, and their game planning and their install that went on today, despite his inability to, to participate because he continues to rehab from the knee surgery that he had earlier this year. He didn't look like he had a brace or anything like that on his knee. I know he wasn't participating in any of the drills, but let's stay with the quarterback group, Bo Brock. And you said the top of the show, Colt McCoy is throwing. If you missed it, our uh, off-season depth chart prediction for quarterbacks, Bo and I are firmly in the camp that right now, as lackluster as it may be, number 12, Colt McCoy is going to start the year for the Arizona Cardinals come September how did Colt McCoy look in comparison to when he didn't uh, volunteer or didn't participate, I should say, earlier this offseason? Is he fully recovered from some of those ailments that plagued him at the end of 2022? Yeah, I mean, it certainly looked like it. He looked like he had fresh legs out there. You, you've never seen Colt McCoy really put on a display throwing you know, heat on his passes. So right. I mean, you're, you're seeing the normal Colt McCoy and... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we don't really know the extent of, of what maybe work or work he didn't have this off season, but he went through it as far as injuries last year, right? From, from his head to his neck, to his calf, to his throwing arm. So if, to see him coming out and, and looking fresh and, and looking like a hundred percent Colt McCoy, it, I think it's good for this Arizona Cardinals team. And it seems like maybe that was been, that's been the plan, right? Because they, we talked about it on Friday. We're a little befuddled by like how this team and, and how quiet it's been uh, filling the quarterback position this offseason. I mean, you let Trace McSorley walk because I think he figured out at the end of last season uh, that he can't play at this level. Uh, you got a cup of coffee from David Blau at the end of last year, and apparently it was enough to justify bringing him back. And then you just really added like Jeff Driscoll, and then you added Clayton Toon for the, through the draft, who we'll bring up later in the show. But you know Clayton Toon is, has a really, really intriguing skill set for a fifth round pick out of Houston. So uh, you know to see Colt McCoy get out there because I think Colt McCoy he brings more than just like the to be the quintessential backup. Like I, I saw my Twitter mentions like. I don't want to see Colt McCoy play again. We know who Colt McCoy is, but you know, I think you can spend that to a positive. You know what Colt McCoy is, and you know that he can get in there and he can win you three games. Potentially, he could also lose you three games. And yeah. there's a, a, a ceiling, but then there's like a, a decent floor there to where he's going to be able to grasp Drew Pretzing's offense, and he's going to be able to get the ball into playmakers' hands. And I think that that's going to give your offense, at least on that side of the football, a chance without Kyler Murray, potentially for, you know, who knows, a couple weeks. Well, we talked about the temptation of K1 bringing Kyler Murray back. What would it look like? And again, we're in May, the season. You fast forward four or five months away until real live hitting starts during the regular season. And, you know, if you missed last week's episode, it was a point that Bo and I made. It's like the temptation, I think, to bring Kyler Murray back sooner rather than later is going to be great amongst Cardinal fans, in part because, there is not a free agent quarterback of note, a Minshew, somebody like that, that you can steady the waters with, a Jacoby Brissett, right? Cardinal fans have seen this show before. They've seen this song and dance. David Blau, horror stories with Cliff Kingsbury. Colt McCoy, obviously, you, you probably maxed out his mileage two years ago 
on that team that won 11 games. And now you fast forward, it's 2023, and it's like the same cast of characters. Did you have an opportunity to connect with Cliff Kingsbury? What were his thoughts on Kyler Murray's progression? Did he give you anything new? Gannon, right? Yeah. How dare you say Cliff oh, Kingsbury? Excuse me. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Throw you off might have also talked to Cliff after the facts. Yeah. Oh, man. People were just kind of had a, a little, like, probably bad reaction to that. Like, what the I'm hell's going on? I'm to say, have you, have you heard from Cliff Kingsbury? And then get <laughs> so, an immediate response. Of, <laughs> it's like, no, I, have, I talked to him. He said nothing. Yeah, I believe he's back from Taiwan. I know he's in L.A. Uh, yeah. He's working out at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so we did hear from Gannon. He actually broke down you know, what, what Kyler Murray was actually doing during uh, the bulk of the OTAs. Today. This is what J.G. had to say. Kyler's just, I mean, you know, obviously he's going through the rehab process, but uh, he, he wants to be out there. I know that. And, uh, you know, he's uh, fully engaged with everything we're doing. I saw him making the reads back there behind the offense. So, uh you know, when the guys see your trigger guy out there, it, it, it matters. So uh, he's done everything and more that we wanted him to do and uh, excited for him where he's at. So there you go. I mean, it seems like anytime JG's talking about Kyler Murray, he's telling you something that you want to hear about your franchise quarterback and doing all the right things, uh, you know, given, you know, what he's capable of doing right now as he continues his rehab. Uh, you, you, I look at uh, Fishbowl Flash here asking any scheme changes. I don't know if he's specifically asking about the offense, but absolutely. I mean, you're going to have a complete overhaul uh, as far as the scheme goes. We were talking to Zach Pascal, a wide receiver that followed Gannon from Philly to the desert, uh, and they were like, is there some – we asked him about the offense today, and he was basically saying, you know, all, most, most teams run a lot of the same plays, right? And a lot of the same concepts. The verbiage is just different. Uh, but he, like, are you, are you going to run, you know, with similar stuff to what Philly did? We know this, uh, from a source, Johnny, that we, we told us that this team's yeah. going to run and look a lot like Philly in the shotgun. So a lot of the yeah. concepts from Philadelphia, uh, is going to be what the Arizona Cardinals run when they're not under center. And then you see the under center look that we had from, that we played a little footage from, from practice of all the quarterbacks taking snaps from directly from the center, whether it's Gaines or Hayden Howerton. It's, it's going to look more like Cleveland. It's going to look a lot like San Francisco. So there's going to be bits and pieces that Jonathan Gannon and his staff have taken from their journey to this coaching staff, and that's what the scheme's going to look like. It's going to look like Browns under center, a little San Francisco under center, and then Philadelphia in the shotgun. Yeah, I, I would echo that and double down and say there's going to be a, it's going to be a rarity if the Cardinals don't have at least one tight end on the field at all times playing a traditional tight end role. I think Zach Ertz under the aforementioned Cliff Kingsbury would be kind of split out as an additional slot receiver. You're going to see traditional tight ends in this offense like they did in Cleveland last year, of course, historically like San Francisco has done with Dwelly and George Kittle. I think that's why it's a nice pairing now, assuming Ertz can get back and healthy. Trey McBride's out there catching passes today. I think you're going to see, especially as they wait for Kyler Murray, put an emphasis on ground pound control, right? Clock management. You don't want to be having these possessions. And we've talked about it, Bo. The Cliff Kingsbury possessions, that lasted 45 seconds, mm -hmm. a minute and a half. And then you put your fledgling defense back on the field quickly. It's going to be methodical running downhill. And they've got it with James Conner. So assuming that this unit can stay healthy, I, I'm... I'm pretty convinced that this is something that you're not just going to have to manufacture out of thin air. This is a first round Hall of Fame caliber tight end. This is a Trey McBride who everybody thinks is going to be on the cusp of taking the jump next year. And then some tackle play we're going to talk about in the second segment that I think is sneaky under the radar. So 
yeah, there's going to be big scheme differences on the offensive side of the ball. Let's switch to the defensive side of the sure. ball, Bo, and let's talk about the one glaring omission defensively, and that was Buda Baker. Of course, we didn't expect him to be at OTAs. We talked about it last week after a couple social media uh, engagements with old Buda Baker and PHNX <laughs> Cardinals. And so number three, not on the field. What's the significance of that? And then maybe, Bo, what's the trickle-down effect as it relates to the rest of the secondary? I mean, it's opportunities for guys, right? It's guys yeah. that, you know, the, the the type of player that we might see in the future that can make their way into pl significant playing time with yeah. this Cardinals defense and playing under Jonathan Gannon. He likes to develop these guys, bring them along. But, you know, we talked to JG. We asked him about the status of Buddha. This is what the coach had to say. I think Buddha will show up when when he wants to show up, you know. And um, he's been he's been awesome. He kind of wears us out a little bit with the tape and different things like that. But he's working. He'll get himself ready to play. Well, there you go. He's not going to give you too much. Obviously, it's it's something that Monty Austinfort said. Uh, I think immediately after the draft is he's not going to have this discussion in the public forum, right? And yeah. then you've got Jonathan Gannon pretty much alluding to what I think a lot of people who romanticize about a guy like Buda Baker, because there's a lot of truth to it, is like he's the consummate professional. Like he might be away from this team and he might have, you know, reportedly at requested a trade because he wants to win, you know, for the first time in his career. He's got one winning season since he was drafted in 2018 or 2017 for this team. Um, but at the same time, he's gearing up to have the best season of his career. And if it's in an Arizona Cardinals uniform, he's going to be prepared for that. And JG saying he's wearing them out with film. Uh, I, I would only guess that that's him, you know, getting in on the, the scheme conversation, right? As far as what, what they're doing and how they're preparing for this season with the new coaching staff. Yeah, I just love just press conference communications 101 with Gannon and Austin Ford. It's just like, let's not bash our players publicly. Like, right. you know, we've got a good feeling that like Austin Ford and Gannon don't love how Buddha's going about this. You would never get that sense watching their press conference. And I'm not going to spend the entirety of the show like dogging on the prior administration, but so much stuff was aired out in the public when it didn't have to be. And so now when, not if, but when Buda Baker returns to camp and returns to training camp in the preseason for the Arizona Cardinals, People aren't going to be able to play clips about bad blood between Buddha and, hey, how do you feel about John right. Gannon saying he's being selfish back during OTAs? None of that garbage is going to be happening because they know what kind of talent and player Buddha Baker is. They want him. They want him here. He's under contract. He's making a, a top five salary on the Arizona Cardinal roster. And and they are you know pretty well convinced that with Buddha Baker here, he can help solidify their secondary. They've got issues, you know, within their front seven. We're going to talk about, but Buda Baker is the glue, not only the secondary, frankly, but to the entire defense. And so if I'm Jonathan Gannon, the positivity thing is going to be contagious. It's going to be contagious for the young players on this team, the supplemental players, the one-year free agents, that they can come in and say, we know we can compete. And when Buda Baker wants to come here, I love that line by JG, by the way, he's yeah. going to come when he wants to come, when he's ready to come. And you know what? I, I would imagine, and I'd have to go back and look at this, you know, the statistics of every offseason. I think probably Buda Baker has come to every single voluntary OTA since he's been a, a member of this franchise under three different, three or four different head coaches, four different head coaches dating and, back. Is, is my guy's having a little tough uh, Maricopa internet issue, but like it, to see who was there and who wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't just Buda Baker. It was Buda Baker was absent. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, somebody we'll talk about here in a little bit.
Johnny, looks like we got you back. Also, yeah, we didn't have, th- there was no Kelvin Beecham at uh, at OTAs today, voluntary OTAs. Uh, no Yelda Frodeholt, who you think the veteran coming over from Cleveland probably has the leg up on starting center. It was kind of interesting. I thought he might be there, but maybe there's some sort of understanding, you know, with him in the organization. He's put in an, enough work uh, uh, so far up to this point. He was at. He's been at previous uh, outings for this team as they've kind of hit the grass or been doing different workouts throughout the off season. So um, it, it was. It was. You know. It was. Buddha wasn't there. Jalen Thompson returned. Who's been Buddha's workout partner the entire off season? They continue to get in the best shape of their career. And you look at what JG's done with safety so far in his career. You know, a CJ Gardner Johnson. Like it seems like those guys are going to be poised for big years. And then you also incorporate the first time we've seen all offseason long, Isaiah Simmons back out there, Johnny. Isaiah Simmons was back on the practice field the first time since having his fifth-year option declined. And there seems to be, when you look at two former first-round picks for this defense, when Zayvon Collins and, and Isaiah Simmons, it's two guys that we know about their versatility. We get a little scared when we hear that the new new coaching staff wants to maybe really tap into that versatility just like the old coaching staff unsuccessfully did you see some hybrid roles out there kind of materializing even early stages of ota for both isaiah and zavin collins yeah based on what you told me it doesn't sound like either simmons or zavin collins is going to be kind of that every down mike calling the defense linebacker which again if you go back to circa 2020 2021 Every spring, we're convinced that this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to come in, call the defense, be the Stallworth, be the Brian Erlacher, Luke Keekley as Fred Warner, inside backer. When in reality, th- these were two guys that are probably now, as we were texting off air, playing their best positions, right? Mm-hmm. Being put in the positions that they should have been put in since the minute they were drafted. I right. would say if you go back and look at a lot of the scouting reports, Bo Brock, pre-draft in 2020, A lot of people had Isaiah Simmons playing safety. Then you look at 2021. I sat there on my couch like everybody else, and I saw Zayvon Collins be drafted. And I'm like, well, surely, yeah, he played outside linebacker at Tulsa in a 4-3, but I think he's going to rush the passer. And it wasn't until later that night when we heard Steve Kimes' audio in the post-conference presser. It was like, no, he's going to play inside with with Isaiah Simmons. Everybody's like, are you sure you want to do that? And so now now you've got an entirety where this coaching staff says, okay, we're going to put aside everything that you have done for the last couple of years. We're not going to hold that against you. You're just going to be put in the mix with the edge rushers, the pass rushers, the DBs, and we're going to do our best with Nick Rollis, one of the hottest young defensive coordinators in the NFL, and Jonathan Gannon to get the most out of you. And it's like we've been saying, especially with Isaiah Simmons, if it doesn't happen here this year, feels like it's difficult to envision it happening. And I mean, happening in a Pro Bowl sense anywhere else. Yeah, it, so w- when you look at these two players, and you can actually define what their hybrid role is going to look like. And it's like Zayvon Collins is going to be, at some times, a 4-3 outside linebacker, right? So he's yeah. going to be part of the three linebackers that are playing a bit off ball. And you've got him, you know, you've got Kazir White potentially in the middle of that linebacking core. And then you've got... Zayvon Collins, and then his hybrid role is he would he would maybe potentially move up to a defensive end role, right, or an yeah. outside an outside pass rusher. So that's it's it's Zayvon is like 
He may he he'll be at the middle potentially, and then he can come forward to where Isaiah Simmons is the opposite, right? He could right. be also a four-three linebacker and then move to the back end. And sometimes he could be on the field in that hybrid role. Could he does he need to fill a, a need as far as uh defending the slot? You know, I know people kind of hate to hear that he could potentially play some more slot corner for this for this defense, but it might be something that they still view as is valuable in his skill set. But it's like Zaven. He's going to go from linebacker up to the front of the defense where Isaiah is going to go from linebacker to the back of the defense. I want to get to this point because I, this is when, when we talked about this earlier and now like you're echoing on these comments, this is what I think of. And Rafa makes a great point in the chat. So it's looking like Isaiah Simmons won't play much. Would you agree that there is a much better chance right now? Zavin Collins is starting on defense, either at rush end, outside pass rusher or linebacker compared to Isaiah Simmons, where it feels like at an expensive price tag as a first-round pick, top-ten selection, even though they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, Isaiah Simmons right now feels like a rotational defensive back tweener player. Would you Would you agree with that? Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, and that's where I'll kind of lean on it, the infancy stages as far as... Now, Jonathan Gannon said they mostly have everything installed, but as far as you know, who's going to start to carve out significant roles for themselves. I think that they they view, you know, obviously they're going to play to the strengths. Like if they want, you know, somebody to be in there, be more geared up towards, towards slowing down the run, getting after the passer, you'll probably lean on Zavin. If you're looking for somebody more from a coverage standpoint, you got Isaiah Simmons uh, with the ability to potentially do, uh, you know, more than that. So it's like, one thing you can you do know is like Kazir White's gonna probably be in the middle of that thing. So it's like Kazir yeah. White, and then it feels like the back up to Kazir White at that middle linebacker position is gonna be a Josh Woods, who you know I heard from a couple guys on the defense. Josh Woods has come in, and he was primarily a special teamer for the Detroit Lions the last couple of years. We talked to him on this podcast. He joined us and said that he's gearing up to have a role on the defense. And he's taken advantage of that. He's a former captain from Detroit, and he's yeah. a guy that's bringing that leadership. Uh, Cameron Thomas said that Josh Woods is, is one of the new leaders of this of this team, wow. you know, post JJ Watt as far as the defense goes. So Josh Woods is emerging. So it feels like those are your two options, like in the middle, and then you start to move around. Like we, it could be like because you're white in the middle, and then you got Zavin and Isaiah on either side of them. So yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis manipulate this, but I think they like that they have the ability to give so many different looks to an offense. Like that's Jonathan Gannon like wants to keep the game plan itself like on a down to down basis, simple for his players, but complicated for the opposing team. And it makes sense. And it, but it's it's something that they need to. I think that's what they want to do. I just I love the transition to this new defensive front, which is kind of like a hybrid four three three four defense. And I just the the point that you just made about Josh Woods, who's a friend of the program, have a podcast. Check it out on our YouTube page if you haven't seen that. Coming in and being able to to make an impact historically, a lot of four three linebackers or four two linebackers, Bo, are not first round picks. They're right. mid to late round guys. They're undrafted guys, right? They're guys that are forgotten about. Go look at Philadelphia's linebacking core as they got them to the Super Bowl, two, two touchdowns before the, the outing against Kansas City. And it's one of those things where the Cardinals can take a breath and pay Kazir White solid money, but not great money, and go get mm -hmm. Josh Woods for the vet minimum. And they can start those guys and be confident because it's about 
the big fellas up front generating pressure. And then it's about, can your safeties and corners cover adequately? So again, you talk about roster construction and team building at the highest order. I absolutely love that. I I'm all for let's give the kid out of Auburn an opportunity late on day three. And we talked about it, Bo, after the draft, you don't think that kid's going to see the field at some point. We've got Josh Woods out there. We've got Kazir white. If Isaiah Simmons, and Zayvon Collins find their niche at safety edge. Run. I mean, shit. what if Zayvon Collins has a handful of sacks at the halfway point of the yeah. season? It's like, you're not going to want to take him off of there. He's not going to want to do that for future paychecks. And if Isaiah Simmons, as people point out in the, in the chat, it's like Buda Baker contingency plan, perhaps if Buda Baker is maybe dealt at the trading deadline. Yeah. I just, I think there's momentum for a couple under the radar names at linebacker to emerge for this group. And again, roster construction. Think about how bad it, that group was last year. I mean, oh, so you bad. really had Zaven, and and they needed it was a necessity for Zaven to take a step in his second season. But outside of that, I mean, it was Tanner Vallejo, it was Ben Neiman, it was Nick yeah. Vigil. Nick Vigil had like a twenty nine PFF grade at one point. I didn't even know it was like the F and the minus difference for the between team that group though. Low. <laughs> yeah, the difference between that group is. Dare I say, old and washed, not not great to begin with, and let's bring them in their late twenties, early thirties, and then this group where Josh Woods has never been given an opportunity. He's young; he's in his early to mid twenties. The kid out of Auburn's a rookie because your White's a Super Bowl runner-up, you know, starting linebacker. It's a big difference between that group and what the Cardinals are trotting out, and then trying to make maybe an edge rusher and a safety play linebacker. Yeah, very very encouraging. And I and I like the thing the point about Zaven. It's like if if he can carve out a pass rush role, you could get a pass rusher. And if they pick up his, he, he can make himself valuable to this organization to where they won't feel the same way about Zaven or about, like they did with Isaiah Simmons to where oh, no we're doubt. not going to pay a twelve million dollars to a linebacker. But if if he's considered a linebacker, but he's a pass rusher, and you get him at a twelve million dollar clip in his fifth year. I think that they'd see a lot more value in that. So Zayvon Collins can can maybe set himself up for you know going into his you know going in through his third year, but set him up for his fourth and fifth year in that in that security of that rookie deal uh, by by carving out this pass rush role for himself. Yeah, you talk about young players setting themselves up. We're going to talk about a couple offensive linemen that are setting themselves up potentially to see significant snaps this fall. But before we do that. We have, we've leveled up, frankly, and teamed up with BetMGM this entire NFL season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks. We'll have special offers for our listeners each week. And, of course, tonight, this what's the smart play tonight? Of course, it's the money line for the Denver Nuggets, putting the series on ice against the Los Angeles Lakers. You can make wagers and bets every single day, but in particular, every Saturday and Wednesday with our friends at BetMGM, Bo, you can claim your bonus bet on the house don't know what a bonus bet is it's a bet that makes your money line it makes your prop bet go up it's a bonus for you bonus winnings everybody likes bonus winnings fans are going to automatically receive a bonus bet upon logging into their account all you got to do is check it set it and forget it but be sure after 72 hours it expires so use it do not wait bonus bets can be used on any sports wager it's fantastic just like our phoenix phnx suns watch party presented by neutral fantastic all throughout the postseason. I'm sad those are over, but we got we got faith on the horizon. We got the knockout nights cornhole league 
first Friday of every month, began in May, goes all the way through August. We got specials, giveaways, BetMGM prizes, live broadcasts, and more. If you haven't signed up yet with our friends at BetMGM yet, use that bonus code PHNX. Now, there's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our folks in Arizona, you're going to get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you're using that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for additional details. And now listen to our guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer below. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. If you haven't found a spot to watch the game tonight, why not check out our friends over at Four Peaks in Tempe, 8th Street, the brewery. Unbelievable spot. The atmosphere its the best place to take in in any game. D-backs already on the TV taking on Philly. Snakes are heating up, and then you've got the Western Conference Finals. you got the Eastern Conference Finals. You've got the uh, NHL playoffs continuing. Why not go to Four Peaks, take in a sporting event, and while you're at it, follow them on all their social channels because they have so many great events, so many great like winning potential, you can win yourself yeah. four seats to a Diamondbacks game. You get four seats, you get tickets plus D bucks. You can spend some money at the ballpark, grab some food, some ice cold wow wheat or hop not on Four Peaks uh, because they're going to give you those D bucks as well. You got to follow at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram, and then they got the link in the bio for you to uh, get yourself set up to potentially win those tickets taking a Diamondbacks game. Why not do it? Check out Four Peaks at Four Peaks Brew at Four Peaks Pub on the socials. Keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. And while you're at it, get yourself that wow wheat. Get yourself that hazy. Get that hop knot. Get that Raj IPA. How about some Kilt Lifter, the flagship? How about some Bourbon Barrel Kilt Lifter? You can't go wrong. They got a beer for everyone. Check them out. 8th Street and Tempe. Check them out at at, I think Terminal 4 in the airport, Sky Harbor. Oh, great. You can find them anywhere. It's uh, Four Peaks. They're at the ballpark as well. Love Four Peaks. Got to be 21 years or older, of course. Drink it responsibly. So one of the biggest indictments of the prior, prior regime, Bo, is the lack of development for rookies, and a lot of that stemmed to their refusal, outright refusal to play them early and often, right? We yeah. could probably count on one hand during the Kime administration how many times Kime, Bruce Arian, Steve Wilkes, Cliff Kingsbury got impact from rookie players during their first year in the NFL. I know it's one day of OTAs, <laughs> but it does feel like with this regime, I texted Bill. I said, we got some favoritism going on with some rookies. Chef's kiss. You absolutely love to see it. And I want to first start. Bo and I made a wager last week in case uh-huh. you missed it. We talked about the offensive line group. And I said, I think Paris Johnson Jr. is going to start a tackle to begin the year. And so Bo gave me, 20 to one odds. I forced mm-hmm. him. If, if Paris Johnson jr. Doesn't start a tackle, Bo gets 20 bucks. Isn't it left I, tackle? You know what? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's up to interpretation, I mean, but that's a all key that part to, of the bet here. All that, to, all that to be said, um, you open up OTAs today and it looks like there could be some change on the horizon as to the initial folks that thought, well, Paris Johnson jr. He's going to play guard because there's no spot. Well, maybe there mm-hmm. is. Yeah. You would, you would have thought like, I, when I when we came up with our predictions for the offensive line, 
I looked at just experience at the positions, right? And I had Paris Johnson Jr. playing right guard like he did at Ohio State for his, his sophomore season as, as opposed to maybe going to right tackle and learning that position or playing left guard, which he's played left tackle, but he didn't play left guard. And then Will Hernandez has professional experience at left guard, even though he played at right guard last season. So, okay. I, but with Calvin Beecham not being there today, it felt like the right tackle position was going to was held down by the sixth overall pick. And then you had John Gaines getting some reps at center. Um, and, and then Will Hernandez in his, his usual role as right guard. And then we've still got DJ Humphreys. He, he was in it. He was there at OTAs, but he wasn't practicing. So Surprise. Josh Jones is, is, is a left tackle for the most part. But And then you look at everybody else, and it's like they're really – they preach versatility, right? They like Gaines' versatility. I think they even like Paris Johnson Jr.'s versatility. But I don't think they look at, to those guys for their versatility necessarily. They look at the guys who are going to be primarily backups – uh, to start Love looking it. at to versus like a Dennis Daly could be a guy yeah. who played left tackle could kick inside play some guard. Uh, you've got Isaiah Wilkinson, somebody else who you could kick in, play some guard, has tackle experience. That's what they're talking about when they look at the versatility. I think yeah. they they're not like Baldface lying to us about versatility up to like the top, but I think that they're obviously going to play to the strengths of their starting caliber players and find the right starting role for them. Uh, for for a Paris Johnson Jr., for a DJ Humphreys, for a Josh Jones, uh, it it really was interesting, and it's you take it with a grain of salt because it is day one of OTAs, and we well. won't get to see the next two days. But really interesting out of the gates, you know, if if I had to guess right now, I would say Paris Johnson Jr. start you know has a chance to start at right tackle. And you love to see that. Nadro J in the chat. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Maybe they brought back Kelvin as a, a mentor or a teacher. Yeah, I talked about this off air. Kelvin's making very little money. I mean, he's making close to the vet minimum, regardless, each of the next two years. They brought him back on a two-year contract. And I felt like maybe they did that back in March to kind of hedge their bet. Maybe they didn't get a tackle in the first. Maybe it's a developmental guy in the third round. They had to have Kelvin Beecham. But I've made the argument since day one, like the minute you trade it up for Paris Johnson Jr. and use what equates to, in my opinion, a first-round pick in pick 33 to go up from 12 to 6 and get him, you need to play him in his natural position, whether it's left or right tackle. Um, I feel like, and we walked through this off air, Bo, like if they were dead set on playing Paris Johnson Jr. at guard to begin the year, he would have been playing guard today and you would have moved Dennis Daly to right tackle for a day. You would have served mm -hmm. up. We're not hitting each other. Kelvin Beecham presumably is going to be back. We don't know why You know he was absent. It's, it's voluntary. But it, for me, it's like, yeah, he's going to play tackle because he's a tackle. And whether it's left tackle or right tackle, what I'd be anxious to see is if DJ Humphreys wasn't healthy, but Kelvin Beecham was there, would have been Paris Johnson Jr. at left tackle and not Josh Jones. I don't really care as long as Paris Johnson Jr. is on the field. But I also, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, like if Josh Jones gets opportunities this year, he's going to make money either for the Cardinals or somebody else. He was a high yeah. round pick. He's somebody that I think has not embarrassed himself when he's played tackle. I would love to envision a scenario. I know a lot of people wince at this where we get a prolonged stretch of both those guys playing tackle. And it's like, maybe that's the heir apparent to Humphreys and Beecham long-term and we can maybe make a deal with Josh Jones. Maybe he's one of the few that gets extended that he was a draft pick from the prior regime. And again, I, I would probably rather have Paris Johnson Jr. 
play right or left tackle than right tackle, but it's apples and oranges. They're both mm -hmm. in positions in today's NFL. For me, that's really encouraging. Two young players get out there, get first team reps. I, DJ Humphreys, God love him. He's been a really nice player for the Cardinals when he stayed healthy. But it might, like I just, they moved all of his guaranteed money this year. They're trying to move off of him next year. If he's not healthy right now, don't put him out there for, you know, the fact that he's the most experienced. If he can't move, he can't move. Do, do you even know, Bo, have they disclosed it? Is it a back injury? Uh, they haven't disclosed it. I mean, we're we're just going off of last time we were hearing about injuries impacting a guy like DJ Humphreys in what basically ended his season last year was the the back injury. So uh, it, it's one of those things that it, it's tough to to key in. It, it's even with you know with with a knee with Kyler Murray, it's all become more and more routine. Where I don't feel like they've had the advancements that that you would like in the in the back as far as backs goes, I mean, as far as a backyotomy, you don't know if a backyotomy is, is going to get it done. So, I mean, wrong side, as far as, age go <laughs> as far as age goes, not great. Uh, as far as the injury, uh, it, it's tough. So, you know, I think Cardinals fans would be cautiously optimistic. The idea of betting on young players to book in your offensive line. I know there's risk, obviously real risk, at the NFL level, as far as betting on that, but as far as getting players' experience, kind of throwing them to the flames, Josh Jones obviously has shown at the end of the last year that he can belong, right? And you'd like to see more improvement from Josh Jones, and that could potentially come with more and more playing time. But then Paris Johnson Jr. gets sixth overall pick in there right away, getting that experience. It's, it's pretty much invaluable. And then you start to look, okay, these other versatile guys, then we can start to plug up the rest of this offensive line with the versatility of the players that uh, Monty Osiphore brought in. You know, Dennis Daly, who's a four-letter word at the left tackle spot from Titans yeah. fans, but could he could he see improvement in his game moving inside, playing a little guard? So uh, we see we see you there, Jordan. I appreciate every time you contribute to the to the chat. Is uh, as far as Guy, you were having a little tough time pronouncing his name. We'll yeah, just call him Jordan I, from now on. We're going to call him Jordan. That's that's a, that's a nice job deciphering that. Jalen Blair with a quality uh, comment here. Josh Jones had a really good PFF grade, 75 in nine games at left tackle last year. He's not an interior all-lineman, and that's what I was kind of pushing yeah. back on a lot of people saying, let's play him at guard. I saw that a couple of years ago. He just doesn't have the power and explosiveness. He was a finesse tackle at Houston in, every, in, in the best sense of it. He was great at it. And then when he came in, he didn't embarrass himself. Um, I would love to see him get a prolonged opportunity on shop first. When life is hard, you pick up that card with the smiley face. And I called him over to my place. God bless you. Han shop first to, to understand <laughs> the references of Bo, Bo and I, uh, Jalen right. Blair in the chat. Bo was Marquise Hayes out there. We know yeah, he had an injury last question. year. Was he, was he participating? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember just seeing the number out there. Um, Marquise Hayes looking at my roster. He's coming off the knee injury, 78. I'm trying to remember if we saw 78 play. That's probably not guard. a good sign if you can't remember if he was out there. Well, I mean, Dennis Daly was was primarily at the left guard, and Will Hernandez was at right guard. Uh, I don't remember seeing Hayes. I'd have to look through some of the footage I shot yeah. today. While you're uh, thinking about that, can yeah. I just – I want to toot another horn here. Okay, that toot, toot. I, I, I made a couple predictions. I, I thought that the young man – out of UCLA was going to see some playing time. Yelda Froholt was not there today. 
He's too busy lifting weights in his garage. If you follow him on Instagram, I don't know why he wasn't there. Hopefully everything's good there. He, he was the starter, presumed starter from Cleveland this offseason. Um, John Gaines was a fourth round pick that, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we all wanted Luke Whipler. At least I did. John Gaines is, looks like he's going to be a center. Um, Emma, producer Emma, could you throw that B-roll up one more time? I want everybody to take a look at this real quick. Um, this is from today's practice. Again, you've got Zayvon Collins here rushing the passer, mm -hmm. but then look at this next clip. Look who number 12 is taking snaps from right there. Presumably he's like, why would Colt McCoy take snaps from Jonathan Gaines at center? If John Gaines was not number one, going to play center and potentially be the first man on deck should yell to Froldholt, you know, fumble his opportunity, so to speak. I, I think, you know, we might've read too much into, at least I did right after the draft, he got a center number, right? He got a number in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. But you just talked about like position versatility. It's hard to play center. You've got to mm -hmm. go know all the, the combinations, of the O-line, the coverage snaps, everything. You got to know where everybody's supposed to be. It's a lot to put on a kid. Now his acumen and his education was immense. He's got a huge brain. He was a super smart kid. Then you almost go to Yale or some Ivy league school before UCLA. It, I'm looking at that at a 3,000 foot view, and I'm saying to myself, this kid's going to play center. Whether he's a backup or a starter, he's not playing guard. He's a center now. No, I, I agree with you. I think he's second on the depth chart. I think it's, I yeah. think it's Froholt's job, and I, he's, he's, I think he's earned it. I think he came over with the intention uh, to continue to play center like he did it for about four games last year in Cleveland. Yeah. Followed Petsing for an opportunity to start at his strongest position at the NFL level. Now that's, you know, great on a curve as far as what he's done at the NFL level. Um, but he's put in the work so far and he, he wasn't there today, but it looks like it's Froholt early on gains the second second. And then you've got, you know, a Hayden Howerton and then a Lucita Smith, as far as your, your center, you know, depth chart goes. Yeah. Um, so look, I mean the offensive line, obviously you're, you're one blue chipper, you feel like you got Paris Johnson Jr. and then you got some you got some other guys that fill in the in the gaps and that I think can maybe make this a very serviceable unit, one of the stronger groups on this team right now. Yeah. A little Dreezy, $13.99 super chat. Thank you so much, little Dreezy, friend of the program. Hollywood getting swole out there. Breakout yeah. season question mark. So Hollywood looks like he's put on some muscle. Yeah. He looks like he's balked up, balked up, and he was out there uh, running some routes, probably trying to fit in a little bit bigger wide receiver room these days. But you know, it, it's not just Hollywood. I mean, you look at both JT and Buda Baker. You know, we've seen them bulking up uh, on on the gram, and you, and you see those guys are in, in the best shape of their lives. And then we heard from Cameron Thomas, who said he was drafted at 272 out of San Diego State, and the team had him slimmed down to 255 to play a little, you know, outside linebacker in a 3-4 and now he's bulked back up. He's more he's closer to what his draft weight was. He said he confirmed he's over 270 again. So it's like you're going to have Zaven Collins potentially, Cameron Thomas is kind of your outside linebacker, pass rush slash defensive end. Yeah. Uh so you you got guys, you got some players putting on some weight, putting some weight back on to throw some people around, be more physical. This is going to be a more physical team overall. Even yeah. even on the offensive side of the football, like I, I would expect that they it, it's not just, you know, your Cliff Kingsbury uh, flag football types, you know, blocking downfield. Yeah, I, I'm still concerned about the defensive tackle group, but I think the people who are underestimating the Cardinal defensive end group, the pass rush group are, are going to be pleasantly surprised while there, there may not be an A to this group. 
there could be a bunch of a B's and C's. And I say that with, with all due respect. I think there's a bunch of guys that have opportunities for a lot of tackles for loss, high effort players. If you watch Cameron Thomas, Maje Sanders, and now Zayvon Collins, these are high effort players. And then goodness, let's see if uh, BJ Ojolari can, can get on the field, hopefully sooner rather than later, Bo. Yeah, BJ is, is somebody that's dealing with his, his rookie contract. I don't know if it has anything to do with, you know, offset language this day and age where you pretty much have plug and play contracts. There's yeah. a few things that can hold things up. And, you know, your your second round pick in BJ Ujolari, Garrett Williams, your third round pick, your first of two third round picks uh, that they took in this spring's draft. Uh, Garrett Williams has signed, but he's still recovering from ACL uh, surgery back in October. He was out there wearing his 21 jersey, but he wasn't participating much like Kyler wasn't participating as, as they rehab. Uh, Williams is, is kind of eyeing more of the start of the training camp, maybe a little bit later than that to get back on the playing field. So, But really some, some intriguing players. Uh, I, I really would like to see what this pass rush group, I don't know if it's, it's just a, a pipe dream to think that guys like Zavin or Cameron Thomas can contribute, but it, it feels like in in a, in the right spot that those are guys that are just big enough athletic freaks to where if they're put in the right situation can put up some numbers getting to the quarterback. Just I I, I want to continually say out with the old, and I'm not talking about like <laughs> older players, but I I also am like get these old players out of here. I want to see yeah. these younger guys in here given opportunities they were never given under the prior regime. Yeah. Josh Jones, Cameron Thomas, Majay Sanders, let these young players sink or swim so we know what they are. That was the biggest, one of the biggest parts of the Cardinals fumbling the development of Byron Murphy and Zach Allen. It's like they didn't play them for a first couple of years. You didn't know what you had or what you didn't have. And so people lose their, you know what, when those guys hit the free agent market, Jalen Blair in the chat, really good comment here. If you look at the athletic scores, and we know Gaines tested off the charts of the combine. Yeah. Gaines is similar uh, of an athlete to Detroit center. He was a first round pick out of Arkansas. Frank Ragnow, uh, given our new assistant GM is from Detroit. Maybe they saw similar qualities. I'll double down on that. Jalen, I say the combination of Dave Sears and now Drew Petsim, like Jonathan Gaines has an opportunity for prolonged success. If they see anything that leads them to believe he's the center of the future, he's going to get every opportunity to prove that so they can check that box going into next year. If he was going to be thrown in the mix with the guards, Bo, You've got Will Hernandez. You've got some supplemental yeah. vet veterans. That could have been tougher. But to be able to say, I'm going to take command of this position at some point. Kyler Murray is going to be my quarterback. I'm going to be making the calls up front. Usually when good centers get a hold of a job, they don't they don't let it go. Yeah. See, John Paul Edward Dios here. Is any news about Maje Sanders? Love to talk to Maje. You know, we didn't get the opportunity. He was out there on the practice field working out with the pass rushers, the former outside linebacker group. Zayvon Collins has kind of joined so far early here this offseason. But Sanders, it'd be interesting to see if they've asked him to add any weight. You know, somebody that came out of college uh, just over 240 pounds at Cincinnati after his senior season was somebody that dropped a little weight. Uh, and, and you know, obviously that was kind of what the previous regime wanted. You know, was there an ask from Ajay at that 6'5 frame to maybe add some weight? Now, the key that Cameron Thomas said is he put the weight back on, but he yeah. feels faster than he did. Uh, obviously, the the, the kind of quick step that he felt like he developed in his first season, he didn't lose it. You know, can Maje add weight to his frame and keep his speed kind of more of a more of a speed rusher than than 
Thomas is kind of more of a physical guy. So an interesting group. I agree with Jordan Camp. Thomas, Maje Sanders, Zayvon Collins, and BJ Ujolari, you know, projected to be rotational players. You know, who breaks out in that group? It's a great question. I, I'm a big, we're big fans of BJ Ujolari. We think as far as the, the rookie class goes, he has the biggest chance to make the largest impact. And then you've got guy, you know, Zavin's a freak. And and Cameron Thomas was was a really productive player at San Diego State. Be interesting yeah. to see if, if going a year removed out of the Mountain West, if he's going to be able to physical be physical enough uh, at the NFL level to to make an impact. And, and I mean, frankly, and the Cardinals just need one of these guys to to pop. I mean, one of these guys becomes a ten to twelve sack guy a year. You're in really good shape. But I might have to revise well my prediction of who makes the biggest impact as a rookie if I see Paris Johnson Jr. Right. week one. Playing, uh, playing left or right tackle. That gets me fired up. You know what else gets me fired up? Making a circle K run. I've got one on my schedule in route right after the show ends before the Western Conference Finals tonight. Why do you ask a circle K run? Well, it's America's thirst stop. We're so excited to partner with our friends at Thir Circle K. Check out your local Circle K. Best coffee, beer, snack selection, premium gas, not a premium price. I live here in Maricopa, as many of you know. It is the cheapest gas in town by far. And in the meantime, you head on inside Polar Pops, iced coffee, 12 packs of beer, Red Bull, Monster Energy drinks. If you're if you're missing out on, on Circle K, what are you waking? What are you waiting for? Make sure you're checking them out right now. The easiest way, though, is to text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club, Bo, and you get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop again. Love the double fist, the unsweet diced teas. They get me through my day. Help Circle K help you. All you got to do, circlek.com slash store dash locator. That's circlek.com slash store dash locator to find the Circle K nearest to you. We brought the families together this weekend, went out to Casa de Venerable. I made the trek out to Maricopa, and I got it is as far as Johnny makes it out to be. It's further than that. It, it is crazy how long of a back trek it is. Town. We're not at the front of the town. We're, in no. the, we're tucked away in the back. Oh, no, you are in the heart of Maricopa out there. Uh, but it's great, beautiful home, awesome family. We were out there poolside, and uh, we weren't embarrassing our wife. Sure, we had the dad bods, right? But we didn't have. We were well groomed, right? We weren't like embarrassing ourselves. Upper tier gross, dad bod, maybe. No yeah. unsightly hair. No, hey John, take your shirt off. And you're like, my shirt is off. It. Uh, no, no hair sweater going on here because of yeah. our friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped taking us, taking us, and setting us up for peak performance out there poolside thanks to the performance package 4.0 what you can get with this thing is the lawnmower 4.0 it's waterproof cordless body trimmer advanced skin safe technology uh weed whacker 2.0 nobody likes nose hairs we don't like nose hairs our wives don't like nose hairs our kids when they look up at you and they say what is the what the hell's going on why does it look like you have just uh, tentacles coming out like of your shoes in your nose. <laughs> that ain't happening with us because of our friends over at Manscaped. Take advantage of all the great deals that they have. They've got two free gifts, not one, but two free gifts. You got the Shed Travel Bag. It's a $39 value. You'll get that for free. And you'll get the patented Manscaped boxers. So the boxers are going to come with it. You're going to, if you're wearing sandals, you don't want any like toe hairs. Those are as unsightly as they get. Get the right tools for the grooming essentials. Do yourself a favor. Get the right tools for the job. 20% off free shipping with the code PHNX. 
at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping included with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the best goals, our friends over at Manscaped. Yes, absolutely. Little Dreezy, another super chat. Thank you so much, Little Dreezy. $13.99. Bo Brock, how did Marco Wilson look out there today? CB1 for the Arizona yeah, Cardinals. He looked good. He looked good. I, I would say that, you know, the cornerback group, probably like the least uh, amount of intrigue, right? You, you you got Garrett Williams, as I said, he's on the men from having, you know, rehabbing his, his knee. You got Marco over there. You had Antonio Hamilton out there. Uh, Keetrell Clark made his debut six oh. rounder at Louisville. He uh, was out there on the practice field for the first time because he m- missed rookie mini camp. Uh, so Clark was out there because he was graduating from University of Louisville. So Marco looked good. I mean, he he looks like somebody that he's always looked the part, right? As far as yeah. size, the the athleticism. Marco Wilson, number twenty, looking good out there. So Marco Wilson, just really no Buda Baker. That's that was the only thing as far as the defense goes. The, the, the only key part missing. Hot take. I think Marco Wilson's played some better football than Byron Murphy in the last 18 months. Nobody wants to admit that, but uh, to <laughs> each their own, to each their own as uh, whether or not you want to show up to voluntary OTAs, somebody we didn't expect in our wildest dreams that would be there today, Bo, is DeAndre Hopkins, number 10 for the Arizona Cardinals. And if you remember after the draft, Hopkins went on, I think it was Instagram, Instagram reels, basically said, I love it in Phoenix who said I was going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, maybe even though he's not going to show up until late, presumably this is going to calm down. Um, It only took about a hot minute for it to ramp back up again. That is Diop (laughs) trying to reinvigorate, you would assume, his uh, dampened uh, trade market. So this is the I Am Athlete pod, the I Am Athlete pod. We're not going to show the clip because it's kind of all over the place. But Diop was a guest on this podcast, and and DeAndre Hopkins was point-blank asshole. What he's looking for in a new team, he said, stable management, um, a quarterback who loves the game, but he uh, a sub bullet to that is he said, Kyler loves the game, but he's hurt mm-hmm. right now. So read that of, of what you want and a great defense because defense wins championships. And then you basically said, like, he thinks Arizona's defense could be solid. Um, two folds. Is this interview a big deal? Does it get anything started? And number two. Do you think we're going to get D-Hop fatigue with this fan base? Because it, it does feel like every time he's in the news and the media, he talks about being everywhere but Arizona and playing with other quarterbacks for other organizations. Yeah, I think it's mostly a product of, of the media hyping it up, and we're guilty of it, right? We, we thought yeah. it was inevitable that he was going to be dealt, and he still might be dealt, but it's in a holding pattern because of the same reasons it was, it's been in a holding pattern the entire offseason it doesn't sound like there hasn't been any change in that i mean deandre hopkins if he goes to another team his cap hit's going to be 19 million dollars that charge is going to be 19 million dollars to whatever team takes him on i don't know if there's any team right now that could potentially take that on uh you know a guy who's going to be a 31 year old wide receiver uh who's missed half the games the last two seasons now he's in you know ontario right now trying to get his body in in the best possible place it can be but, you know, you, you still have those red flags and still trying to deal with the contract. You know, NFL.com, you know, was put out an article about what, you know, which last kind of ditch efforts any team has to make. And they put the Buffalo Bills and acquiring DeAndre Hopkins on that list. And then they revamped, you know, trade talk. It might have been like, was it pro football talk that had revamped maybe some D hop? you know, trade speculation, but nothing truly like there's no reports of it. And then he does this 
podcast today with Brandon Marshall, and it, there's all this talk about it, but there's there's no like true like. I guess momentum to him getting dealt out of Arizona. Now the the calendar changing to June, does that change things? Because you know what what uh, you know what w- the Cardinals would potentially have to pay. It would spread his cap, you know, split it up into two uh, hits over the next two seasons. I don't know if that necessarily changes it because it doesn't change what the team taking on the salary. It's still nineteen million dollars. So I just don't know yeah. if there's anything that's changed, even though we've had you know, speculation. And we've had from the man himself, DeAndre Hopkins talking about quarterbacks that he'd like to catch passes from in the future. Yeah. I just, I have a little D hop fatigue at this point in part because I mean, he is clearly the the highest paid receiver in the NFL for a cap hit this year. Now you might say, what about next year, future years? He's making just over $30 million this year. And then the next closest is Cooper cup. He signed that after he won, I think the Super Bowl MVP. And then there's a drop-off to Amari Cooper and Mike Evans, who are like in the $23 million range. So like Hopkins is the highest paid receiver in the NFL. Cardinals are going to pay that amount. We don't think they're going to cut him. And so you're part of this franchise, really kind of whether you like it or not, if there was a market that would have allowed the Cardinals to trade DeAndre Hopkins, I think for a top 100 draft pick, they would have seriously entertained it or they would have done it. And that didn't happen. So I think, I, I don't, I understand for his legacy wise, like he's frustrated. He doesn't want to be here, but you might just have to suck it up for six months and, and be productive and make your 30 million. And then the Cardinals will be able to flip you at the deadline to a contender that will overpay for you. But like trying to, trying to get transaction out of this here in the next couple months, it's just not going to happen unless there's a serious injury to somebody's receiving core and they have to come call in the Cardinals Then the Cardinals will pick up the phone. But I do think like Austin Ford, if you saw how shrewd of an operator he was during the draft, like he tried everything to get Hopkins yeah. on a different team. We talked to Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford at the combine, and they were non-committal about DeAndre Hopkins because they were we'll actually trying they were trying to move him. Yeah. And now their their answers are different because they can't come out and say, We don't want yeah. Hopkins on the team and pay him 30 million because then you lose all your leverage. The Cardinals have to have some leverage in this. So we talked to Gannon. DeAndre Hopkins came up today. This was yeah. uh, JG's answer about the wide receiver one. Uh, we've had good conversations. I'll keep those between us, but uh, I like Hop. I'm not worried about Hop. He's played a long time, and uh, he's extremely intelligent. And uh, I think he'll fit right in when he decides to come. But again, it's you know it's voluntary, so um, that's his decision, and, and we're behind it. So say what he needs to say, especially at this point with the with it being voluntary. We'll see what happens. You know, in mid June, when like I think June fourteenth or around that thirteenth yeah. through fourteenth, when they have mandatory and, and who shows up, D Hop Buddha, it's really going to be interesting to see. Um, but you know, I, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, unless DeAndre Hopkins is is working is is willing to make a concession salary wise and, and restructure done. things, which and it's it's tougher because he is the guy that's calling the shots right now that we know of as far as. He doesn't have representation. No, uh, it, it's he can he can go do podcasts and interviews until he's blue in the face. But if he's not willing to make any kind of concessions as far as his end and what he's going to make, you know, you can catch passes from Josh Allen, but you you're going to have to give up some money to do so. And, and like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. 
Yeah, I like this comment from Jose. D Hop is our investment. We keep it in, until we keep him until the deal is right for the Cardinals because mm -hmm. they're paying him. So, yeah. like, it was the argument we made over the course of the offseason. It's like Cardinals probably be willing to to pay some of the money if they could buy a second round pick, but nobody was offering that. Yeah. Maybe things change a little bit as we get closer to the season. I'm still very much bow of the mindset. We get to training camp, we get to the mandatory stuff, and it costs this guy, these guys in their pocketbooks and their wallets. D Hop and DeAndre Hopkins are, are going to participate. Like there's just too much money yeah. at stake. Even if they don't love the team, the makeup, the coaching staff, we get to the stuff where you got to show up or they start docking you pay. And that's not the Cardinals docking you pay. Like that's league wide. You got to show up. That, those are NFL parameters in place. Mm -hmm. You can't point the Cardinals and say, these are bad people. It's like when Rodney Hudson didn't show up last year, um, you know, they, they had to find him for that. So I, I do think when we get to this stuff that quote unquote matters in terms of the season, D hop and Buda Baker will be donning the red and white again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with it. Uh, in the comments, Jalen asked about undrafted running backs and they look like the kid out of TCU D didn't see too much of him. I saw a lot of Keontae Ingram today. Uh, no James Connor. I uh, saw Corey Clement out there. So, you know, there there wasn't much to it as far as uh, getting to, to witness that. And some of it happened where it's it's non-report time to where we couldn't really uh, even tell you what I did see out there, which kind of stinks. But fortunately, can't share all all the insight from the, the, the practice. But uh, no James Conner today. So it, it's already kind of a, a thin running back room as is. So we, we didn't get too much of a, a, a glimpse of what it could look like. Um, but yeah, I mean the D hop thing, it, it's, 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 you're going to have to have some willing parties willing to make some concessions. It doesn't seem like anybody's giving any ground on that. And that's fine. It's, it's fine at this stage wanna, in the off season. I want to get to this comment blazing in the chat. When was the last time D hop showed up to OTAs anyway? Yeah. Don't buy into this BS. It's different, though, because he's actively trying to get other teams to trade for him. Do you want him at OTAs? No, but I just I feel like it's it's not a big deal that he didn't show up to OTAs because none of us thought he would. But it's I think this stuff in the media where it talking, I think it's a little uncomfortable because you've got this team that's focused on 2023 in the fall. And this this was my biggest argument to moving D hop as opposed to not when you talk about shopping D hop. And I know they didn't come out and say that, but they shopped him. They tried to trade him. Mm -hmm. And then we got through draft weekend. We talked about it at nauseum, like seven to 10 days leading up to the draft. It was like, they have to move him because they, this can't linger over the summer. Yeah. And maybe I'm thinking this is a bigger deal than it actually is. But for a team that's trying to get their groove and, and a new coaching staff and to develop a new culture, then you have your best player talking about, Oh, I want to do, I want to go to this team. I want to do this. I want to do this. And it's just like, I, I, I'm sure they don't want to deal with that. But in mm -hmm. the in actuality, the only way they, they don't deal with that is they take 30 cents on a dollar. And I yeah. I think Diop can can sense a lot about his value based on other teams. Cardinals think your value is 30 million because they're paying you that right now. 19 million in cash or whatever somebody put in the in the chat. Yeah. Nobody is willing to 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 part ways with a premium pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And so like do you, would you feel good about like going to Baltimore or going to, you know, Buffalo or Kansas City for like a fifth round pick? Can we just let, I would just say, DeAndre, can we just let this play out? We're going to put you in positions to succeed. Maybe Bo, he's got concern because 
he won't be given the opportunity to succeed because the quarterback play will be so bad. And if that's his question and his concern, I I sympathize with that because that that could be an actuality where we want to deal DeAndre Hopkins this offseason or excuse me during the year, but his targets aren't matching his production because we can't get him the football. Yeah, I mean you can still hear me here, right? You just can't see I me. Can. Yeah. yeah. So. I just think that it's it's a good point. I mean, he didn't bring up Colt McCoy as the top five quarterbacks that he wants to play with. Um, but, you know, he, he did bring up a, a Clayton Toon. He, he didn't say, name him by name, but he said the quarterback from Houston. And it's kind of funny to hear him say his grandpa's feeding him YouTube highlights nice. on, on Clayton Toon and, and getting, you know, and, and you, like, you, you see Clayton Toon, you like what you see, right? But can a fifth rounder, you know, playing in the conference that he did, can that translate – to success right away at the NFL level, that's, uh, you know, it's, you don't often see that, right? But if if D-Hop, you know, m- he likes, you know, what he sees so far from Toon, could be some potential there. Uh, and and he knows that McCoy, at least of, of as I return here to your screen, uh, can get him the football. Like, in the same couldn't be said about the, the guys that ended the season at quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals um so it's yeah there there's going to be some there's I'm sure there's going to be some conversations if there's no deal done between now and mandatory minicamp about you know a future where he's in these plans uh at least until they can find some sort of uh some willing team to take on 19 million dollars the biggest issue we just had with Bo's camera is I couldn't see your more furniture anymore. And I know. So then the camera went out and I wanted to see more furniture. I know. Well, you can tune into any of the episodes on PHNX Sports, whether it's PHNX Suns, D-backs, Coyotes, and you'll see some great more furniture on full display. It's so comfortable. It's also stylish. Get yourself some more furniture for your living room, your dining room, your kids' room, your room. Uh, your office or entertainment setup. They've got mattresses. Get in on more furniture. They've got a Memorial Day sale where you can save up to 50%. Go to morefurniture.com. Save big on the best furniture in the Valley. Take advantage of their white glove delivery. Producer Emma was out of town. Or not out of town. She wasn't working for a week because she was moving. I bet she wished she took more advantage of that white glove delivery instead of all the blood, sweat, and tears she put into moving because more furniture is going to deliver the furniture they're going to set it up for you they can get rid of all the packing materials and they're going to set it up exactly where you want it get your feng shui perfect in your whatever your living situation is go to morefurniture.com take advantage of the best furniture in the value at a valley at a great price take advantage of the furniture take advantage of the content the content at gophnx.com is second to none beginning with our phnx cardinals beat reporter howard balzer Get his articles 90% for free, but regardless, slam that promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Become a diehard. If you become a PHNX diehard, there are so many exclusive takeaways, giveaways. But number one, you can pick up a free t-shirt like this Hollywood Hills sign from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Bo's rocking the classic white on black tee, PHNX logo. Again, you got to become a diehard to get a free t-shirt and or hat. Every single year you're a diehard, you get to pick up a, a free piece of merch at gophnx.com. Banner week up ahead for the Arizona Cardinals as they continue OTAs, Bullbrock. Any staunch high-level predictions as we gear up for OTAs, voluntary week one as we get out of here? 
Uh, I think we'll probably see at least Buda Bick. I would I would bet Buddha's there for mandatory, don't you? Wow. You not you think, think so? so? I don't know. I've been of the mindset maybe like training camp. We'll see Buda okay. Baker. But you think Buda Baker is gonna come walking through that that door on old, old Tempe Drive or whatever the address is. <laughs> That's not the address. Good old Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean we'll see we'll save some some more bold predictions for tomorrow. Should we continue to look at our depth chart tomorrow? Yeah, you want to dabble in the receiving core? I feel like that's appropriate yeah. given the Talk fact to that Zach Pascal today. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. And we want to see you all tomorrow on the show, 4 p.m., PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like yep. and subscribe, Bo Brock. More great content if you haven't checked it out already at PHNX underscore Cardinals on your social channels. Lots of great quotes from... Jonathan Gannon, some video from practice today. You can take it all in at PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter and also on Instagram. For Bull Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back manana. Peace.